There we go. It's Wednesday night, and that means welcome to the Evan and Aaron Show presents the Red and the Blue Soccer Chat. We are two local lads here to talk about the global game. My name is Evan. I represent the Blues of Chelsea. To my right, your left, is my dear friend Aaron, representing Red Devils of Manchester United. Um, I, I was going to support the Blues today, but given recent performances, man, I just I felt the need to, to throw on the Volkswagen. I, I just did. I, you know, we will definitely be getting to a little bit of uh, yeah, absolutely that later on. But uh, yes, everybody, welcome to the show. Welcome. Appreciate you being here, or uh, whenever you're tuning into this, as the case may be. Uh, yeah, Evan. <laughs> Sporting the U.S. men's national team jersey. We'll talk about that in a little bit. There you boy, go. U.S. soccer Twitter got itself all bent out of shape. And then... <laughs> now really, they look silly. Really, really wasn't a reason Yeah, for it. exactly. So, um, well, yeah. I mean, it's one of those deals, too. It's like... Uh, yeah, we'll get into it. But, but I just think it's very strange that people talk about the men's national team in a way that doesn't... It hardly ever gives them credit. And so, but, but anyway... Well, yeah, I, it's the sort of inferiority complex I think a lot of the American fans have, but it is what it is. Mm, so yeah. uh, we'll jump right in with a little bit of... There you go. The United. Going to need a cocktail to talk about this. Um, oh. Well, in, in some good news... Uh, probably for both of us, really. I think it's beneficial yeah. for yeah, both clubs. Yeah, I think clubs. so. I think so. Uh, we have, it seems, completed the signing of Mason Mount. Mm -hmm. uh, he was debuted uh, somewhat controversially getting the number seven, given the history of the shirt, although you could say that, um, you know, some of the people who have worn it uh, in, in the last few years perhaps also not really lived up to the weight that that jersey carries so, with us. So. so is it his number, or was it just for the debut? Or No, I believe they've given him the squad number of seven. Okay. I, I, okay. I can't imagine you would you'd put him out like that and, and not. So, yeah, yeah, it's a, it a big deal uh, on all the merchandising and stuff today. So, you know, um, I, I think the plan is he'll obviously slot in somewhere in the midfield. Um, rumors about Ten Hag wanting to switch from a 4-2-3-1 to a 4-1-3-2. Uh, a little bit more mm. uh, dynamic, I guess, maybe. Uh, obviously, you've got one more um, uh, at the point of the attack, so it'll depend on you know how much he's wanting to press. I also have a feeling that you're going to see Mount get used in certain situations, Erickson get used in certain situations, Casemiro and Fred being used in certain situations. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, unfortunately, beyond that, the Glazers uh, sort of not really sure, sure about exactly what they want to do and how they want to sell this club is, is, I think, really beginning to impact things. Um, especially letting uh, De Gea's contract run out. Um, and, and from the sound of things, Ten Hag uh, sort of backed out and said, nah, you know, we're not going to pay a guy this much money if my plan is to actually replace him. The problem is, uh, much like don't ever quit your job before you, give it a, you have a new one, um, really, really don't let your uh, top-level goalkeeper's contract expire without yeah. finding another one. Yeah. Uh, because now Inter, you know, really hold uh, all the bargaining chips uh, in that respect. And... Um, you know, this this has been long and drawn out already. Uh, I think Harry Kane is probably a lost cause at this point. Uh, Osman might be too much money. Mm -hmm. uh, I know they've been looking at Rasmus Hoyland, who's supposedly the next Erling Holland. Uh, remains to be seen if Who that's knows? that's the case. Um, but uh, you know, we, we've seen uh, Zidane Iqbal and Ethan Laird both allowed to uh, leave on permanence. And then Shola and Axel and some of the younger, uh, other young guys are uh, going back out on loan. So I think that is, is good there. We, you know, we don't need a ton so long as some of these youngsters are, are going to be able to step right. in. I mean, I think we saw right. with Garnacho and, and uh, to a lesser extent, Palistri uh, seem ready to at least contribute with some minutes. So You've seen some flashes from these guys. Yes. Yeah. Can we go back to De Gea? Let's go back Absolutely. to De Gea real quick. Um, two questions for you. Mm -hmm. Number one, um, what worries you if you if you guys lose him? What worries you if he ends up staying? Well, you know, this is one of those weird, really in the weeds of, of things when it comes to discussing because I, I still think objectively 
David De Gea is one of the best shot stoppers around. Yes, he's had a few high-profile mistakes, but um, you don't accidentally become the leader in clean sheets and, and appearances for a club like Manchester United. Um, won the Golden Glove for the season. I mean, really everything that he's supposed to do, he did. Um, so I think people are focusing on really, um, you know, you, the style that they wish Manchester United would play, and he does not suit that just yet. But there's always going to be a transitional period. Um, but you know, this this is problematic. I, I'm not. I, I think I think it was wrong to let it kind of run down like this. But again, that's more a reflection on the owners than anybody else. Yeah. Um, the guy deserves. You know, uh, uh, you know, probably a testimonial. It was there for ten years, I believe, maybe eleven, um, and ha- has you know been one of the top goalies in the world, certainly in the Premier League, for the better part of that decade. Um, but it probably is time to bring somebody in. I wasn't prioritizing it myself, but you know, if if, if it presents itself, if you can get Onana, then I think it does make sense. It's just the manner and the way you know, in which it's it's all kind of unfolded. Right. Um, and it, you know, when you're trying to, you know, sign other players as well, that can be kind of frustrating. So. Yeah. Um, I'm just checking on this. Making opening bid two hours ago. So. Um. It looks like they're well six hours ago said they're going to medical. So I don't know. Oh, with if that Onana. Means, okay. Well, then that's yeah. A good, that's yeah, a that's good a good sign. thing. That's a good thing, man. So. Kudos for you. Um, that's going to be that's going to be a huge help, especially with this De Gea situation. Um, anyway, what else you got for us, man? Is there anything that's worrying you? Like, talk a little bit about the Glazer situation. Like, how long? Whenever it, obviously Chelsea was an anomaly. I mean, mm-hmm. you had you know a Russian oligarch being mm-hmm. kicked out, and then you know you had to get somebody in leadership there. How long is a regular? kind of process like a cell happen how long does it take it really shouldn't have taken this long um it, you know they, they they should have been into exclusivity months ago um and just negotiating directly and working out the details and then you say if that doesn't work then we'll go to the other guy and he has exclusivity um it just really shows you the the poor level of ownership that and stewardship that the glazers mm. have brought to this because um, you know they don't do this with their domestic sides here in no, the United States. No, not at all. Um, and you know it, it seems like they got a big shiny toy and they want to get as much money for it as they can. And what they're failing to realize is they've devalued the club. Wow. They they have brought it to a point where there's I mean and and I say devalued they're still one of the wealthiest and most sought after you know sporting clubs on the planet. Sure. Um, but. This is problematic. This this causes issues. It causes you, you know, the knock-on effect of not getting players, of not supporting Ten Hag when he wants it, mm-hmm. you know, makes it a lot more likely that he walks away, you know, before the end of his term if he doesn't feel like he's getting the support he needs, as well managers should. You don't come into a project like this and, you know, have to watch the purse strings aside from the, you know, financial fair play stuff. So right. I, I think it's just, a, you know, Yet another in the gigantic pile of bullshit that the Glazers have brought to Manchester United. Mm, man. Well, you know, what's interesting about the whole situation is that I still believe, and I think we've, we've talked about this just a little bit ago, that the players are just like, I, I, I got to believe that most of them are just like, look, I just want to play ball. Like, mm-hmm. can we just settle this so that we can just go out and play ball? Because they were close last year. They were close. There was one point in the season and I truly believe this, that it was like, you know what? If anybody could really step up and challenge City, mm-hmm. given the history, it would have been United. It yeah. would have been United. Now, like you said, you know, everybody, injuries and, and, and fatigue and World Cup in the middle of everything. But, but I think that this team, once they get past this whole sale, mm-hmm. um, they, I, I hope that they pick up right where they left off. Yeah. I really do. I do, too. So uh, that's really about it on uh, the United front. Uh, so we will move over to. Yes. Yes. 
so, yeah. Well, I was just going to lead in there for you. So, you know, the Mason Mountain deal is done. I think that's beneficial for mm -hmm. both clubs. I think he needed mm -hmm. a change of scenery. Uh, haven't really brought in too many other new guys just yet, but still several more people going out that door, which I think is, again, what's really kind of uh, needed. Oh, Hakim yeah. Zahik failed his Al Nasser medicine. Yes, yes. 99% certainly. Well, of course he's, he is. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's got to yeah. leave. But, yeah, I've got a list here, man, of guys that I was just going through and I was trying to find out what's going on with mm -hmm. them. Um, I'm just going to last names. These are the cells. These are the people that are gone. Um, Zaharia went to Juventus. Jao Felix, uh, Atletico. Um, well, that was just a loan, wasn't it? It so was a loan, so he's back. just going okay. back. Okay. Uh, Conte Al-Itihad. Al Al-Itihad. Yeah. Um, Edward Mindy, Al-Ali. Uh, Koulibaly went to Al-Halal. Um, Hakim Ziyech, you know, we found out he failed the medical test. That's but crazy. he's still going to go. I mean, he's still going to go. Um, you know, Dave is gone. Um, Mateo Kovacic, Man City. I, Kai Havertz, Arsenal, Loftus-Cheek, Milan. Um, there's rumors that Gallagher, Chalaba, and Hudson-Odoi are available for sale as well. Um, Mount to Man U. Pulisic kind of rumored around AC Milan uh, right Yeah, he now. said no to, to Lyon's bid. Uh, yeah. They tried to come over the top of what AC Milan was offering. So it'll be interesting to see how that um, kind of kind of plays out because yeah. it looks like a loan either way, uh, which is probably not exactly what Chelsea wants. Right, but, right, um, right. It, it, here's the thing. If Pulisic goes off to either of those clubs and, and starts and has a healthy run of 10, 15 games in the way he's not been able to, exactly. then he becomes a commodity for you even if you don't choose to play him because right. now you can sell him on for a higher fee. Right, right. Um, Aubameyang, Lukaku, Broya, and or David Fafana, gone. Got to be gone. Got to be gone. Um, there were rumblings about Sterling. I don't think that's going to happen. I think we need Raheem Sterling. I think we need his. I think we need his play out on the field to help create. Um, Kukurea, I think we keep him to back up um, mm -hmm. the starters that I think are going to be be there. So, here's what we got. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I know it's Pochettino, but I just love calling him Pac. Um, Pac runs four-two-three-one, and that. 3-1 is pretty much interchangeable. Um, you can push someone up forward to make it two or whatever. But here's what I got. Kepa's starting goalkeeper. I know that he's looking at um, a, what, the American. I think he's looking at possibly bringing in an American goalkeeper, like a younger guy. But right now, it's still Kepa. Hmm. Um, right back, left back. I mean, you've got to do Reese James and Ben Chilwell. You... you it, it, they are some of the they're the, one of the best tandems in the league when they're when they're healthy when they're playing well um i think that you start them center back uh, i think wesley fafana gets this but i think tiago silva Shao, and colwell will um definitely rotate in but i think wesley fafana will get the majority of play there which i i love because with tiago silva silva still being there at least one more season that leadership that you know kind of say, guys, look, here's where you got to be. Just that elder statesmanship that he has, I think is going to be really nice. And the guy can still somewhat play some minutes. So that's going to be good. Um, defensive midfielders, Enzo. Hmm. Enzo. Um, and then Moises um, Caicedo. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it correctly, mm -hmm. but Caicedo, we're looking at him from um, Brighton. And... Hopefully we can get him. I think we got him, if I'm not mistaken, um, maybe a day or two ago. Uh, we may still be in negotiations, but I know that it looks really good for us to get him. And I, I would love to have those two um, as our defense, you know, defensive mid midfielders, um, attacking midfielders. And this is where I think Sterling stays. Um, Sterling, Udrich, and Konku. Um, Matuweke will be a backup, but I think you go with those three. And then Nicholas Jackson, which I think... Um, the combination of Jackson and Konku. Um, Mudrick plays Pac's style of, of, of game, I think. And Raheem Sterling is just going to be that much more solid with those guys in there playing that system. I think Sterling can pick up the system really well. Um, so I think that the needs we have is one more attacking midfielder because you're going to need them, and then one more defensive midfielder. Always, always. 
always more defense in the midfield. It's better when it looks good in there. Just a guest appearance by someone who doesn't know enough about soccer to be, speak intelligently, but but I do love me some Man U. There you go. Okay, everything was good up to that point. Um. So <laughs> I, I, I've got to throw some curveballs at you. Okay, here. do it, please. Uh, do it, please. Nicholas Jackson. I got to be honest. I don't know a thing about him, but he's 18 years yep. old. Uh, and you have a conspicuous absentee on this list. Yep. You're not going to start in Kunku. Yes. This is where that. This is where the four-two-three-one comes into play. In oh, Kunku. Okay, I didn't. See yeah. That. So okay. see, he can also he can deliver the ball. He can make it happen for Jackson, I, but I he can also think push he's up. Be the most versatile. Absolutely. Of that, that front. Absolutely. Matoweke is young. Jackson's young. I. Honestly, from what I've seen of Mudrik, I'm not sure he belongs in the Premier League, but it's hard to judge a guy right. when the entire place had gone to a shit show. I am betting on Mudrik to be kind of the, you know, son of of Chelsea. With what Pac did with him, yeah. I hope that he's able to do with Mudrik. Okay. So okay. that's why I'm going there. But, yeah, no, no, no. Nkunku definitely starting. He will be the center of our attack. But we will... Jamie Tarden will literally okay. go through him, and he'll create, and it'll be, I, th I think that will work out well, getting Jackson some reps up there, trying to get him the ball. If, if he can't, Nkunku, he's got it. So, I like this. This is what I think. This is not the, you know, solid mm -hmm. whatever, but I think if we can do this, I think we've got a good shot at just bouncing back this year. So, that's my thoughts. Um, okay. Yeah, that's what I got. If you could bring in somebody else to bolster this realistically, mm -hmm. you know, I, mm -hmm. you don't get to choose messy. Um, but, you know, top-level players that are moving around right now could maybe throw your hat in for... Yeah, I, 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 I still I see the same problem with this team that you've had for the last few seasons, and that is there's not a striker scoring yes. regular goals. Uh, and you know where I'm going with this. I mean, <laughs> if there is a way to land a Harry Kane... And here's the deal: we have sold, or, or or we have sold, or have you know, they've been given back a loan. We've sold so many players that we have opened up ourselves to be able to at least be competitive to to try and get that type of striker. So I think that once again, if we can get or land big name striker like that, then Jackson gets a chance to come in, mm -hmm. learn. He doesn't get thrown into the fire immediately because I think this is. This has the potential to be something just like, like you said, a shit show, but it also has the potential to be something, especially with the quality that they have right behind him, I think that it has the, qual uh, the chance to be something really good. But if you can get that solid presence up front, mm. I, I think it just it solidifies things. It lands us in a place where we are immediately competitive. There are no question marks if you put a Harry Kane up front. True, true. None. But, but he's not available. It's not going to happen. Yeah, yeah. I, I you asked I, me what you asked I, me what I, 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 if I, I think could. Levy has made it uh, abundantly clear he's not going to let Harry Kane go to another Premier League club. Um, I know they tabled a bid. Um, I know Bayern Munich is in for him, and that honestly that makes a ton of sense right there. I think Harry, Bayern, Harry Kane to Bayern Munich makes a ton of sense. Actually, last thing I saw, I think. Byron is close. Yeah. I think they're close. But yeah, that something like that. But so just sell Lukaku out, right? Obviously he's oh, not gonna come yeah, back and play. Yeah, no. Okay. No. Gotta sell him out. That's where I might be looking into, you know, spare parts from Inter Milan because because Italy's a selling league. So if, yeah. if you're sending Lukaku the other way, maybe one of their youngsters, maybe somebody who's a veteran that you can bring in, you don't have to rely on him. You, you, he, yeah. can, he can be a leader, that yeah. kind of thing. Bring back Olivier Giroud. Um, well, I mean, what? You've got Lautaro Martinez, although I don't think you're probably going to get a hold of no. him anytime soon. No. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, we're both kind of in that same boat looking for this sort of uh, you know, golden unicorn to score some goals for, for a team that, you know, I, I think for us, uh, you know, we created – plenty of opportunities and just didn't have a lethal striker on the end of it. You guys yeah. have probably more work from back to front oh, man. Yes. to do, 
Um, so it is going to be interesting to watch Pochettino build the, Pochettino build this team uh, in his image and see what he wants to do with it. I, 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 I've got a lot of question marks uh, about the just the. You've, you've assembled the island of misfit toys over the last couple of yes. years and yes. trying to figure out which of those guys are. I mean, they're all quality players. They just don't belong here. Yep. You know, uh, I, I was personally really surprised that Koulibaly just, he never, ever looked comfortable. I, I've wanted him to. I've I, I wanted him to, man. I, I mean, we looked at him a couple of years ago and I thought, man, this guy's got all the tools. And I don't know. And again, you, you don't know how much just. Chelsea fell apart from the beginning of the season, yeah. had a brief run of decent results under Potter, and then the wheels really, really fell off. Fell off. Yeah. And you just have to wonder, you know, how much that has a knock-on effect on, on these guys in their individual play. Well, you also, I mean, once again, you lose someone like Thomas Tuchel at the very beginning of the season and then bring in, you know, Graham Potter. Anytime, I don't care who it is, anytime you... We didn't lose him. Well, no, no. But <laughs> he was we cast lost, aside. We lost him. Yes. Um, but anytime you do that, I don't care who you are, it sends shockwaves throughout yep. the club. Yep. And so I think that, once again, I'll stand by what I said. I think Potter is a good manager. I think Brighton, he, the job he did there was incredible, but mm -hmm. that is his type of managerial skills, is that he wants to come into a club, stabilize the club yeah. start to build this club back that's what he does problem is you were coming into a situation that was toxic still from everything that had been going on uh this to the, to the purchase of the club and then the you know the yeah. parts that we we all loved about it was you know todd bowley's such uh, you know incredibly adept tweeter right and um you know just making an idiot of himself but i think that with Pock being able to come in. I hear in. Elon's got some good ideas. Uh, yeah. Anyway, with Pock being able to come in and do what he wants to do, mm -hmm. um, I think that's going to speak volumes. And I think that since he has the summer to work with these guys, it's it's going to be a different different thing. So. No. Oh. Not not tonight. Not tonight. No. Okay. I, I need to prep for that one. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Yes, there may be there may be a uh, the ubiquitous hot sauce challenge coming Ooh. up at halftime of one of our shows. The the goal will be Describe. to see the goal will be to see if we can complete the second half of the show <laughs> after doing uh, not a shot of sauce but a quick what what was the sauce. what was the level of the sauce? You uh, said? Two million Scoville. Holy, yeah. Wow. Yeah. By all accounts, uh, it seems to hit pretty hard early on, but not linger quite so much. Yeah. Uh, went on the, I went on the ride. I was like, oh man, yeah, this is not good, and I'm gonna try it again. But well, early on, everybody gets oh. got got the red face. But I've seen people struggle with it for like an hour. Or this two, one and this looks. Seemed, this seemed to kind of subside a little more quickly than okay. than than some others uh, I had seen. So, man. Oh, and and here is the possible possible. Um, Oh my we gosh! Will, we'll definitely need to plan for this. It is two, called two million Scoville, the is that right? end. Oh man! All right. So, well, thank you all for tuning in. We're yes. once again at Chatham Tap with the lovely ladies of Chatham Tap Fishers, Jojo and Claire. Thank Salud. you guys for having us. Salud. Always appreciate it. You're wonderful. Cilantro. Okay. You can have that back, and we will see you after the show. Thank That's you it. once again, dude. I um, I wanted to say this. I, for those of you who are watching, I have been nursing this because I've had the best 50th birthday week of all time. And when I say best, um, my liver <laughs> is, uh, yeah, my liver is kind of upset with me right now. But man, uh, thank you. Of course. You, you helped make that just, just absolutely I awesome. Do what brother, I can. So, do what know. I can. So. Gosh. Uh, real quick, uh, we'll, we'll repeat it in the, again at the end of the show, but we got some fun things uh, hopefully coming up on the horizon. 
Uh, we've made contact with a, a few people uh, really heavily involved in local soccer, Indiana soccer specifically. Um, and we're going to be talking about what's going on at the grassroots level uh, yeah. in the Indianapolis community and a little further afield, um, hopefully uh, some chatting about the uh, women's professional team in Indy 11W, I believe is what they go by, uh, and uh, just some broader conversations about the game uh, with some minds uh, uh, on people who've been there at, at pretty high levels and uh, can maybe uh, kind of elevate the conversation and, and also sort of uh, give us a little bit more insight into some concepts within the game that I think a lot of people use the terminology of uh, but may not, you know, fully understand what it is, how it gets applied, counter-pressing versus gegen-pressing versus, uh, you know, secondary pressing, um, that, that, that type of stuff. Uh, and just sort of some tactical uh, looks at the game. So uh, we're both really excited mm -hmm. about that. Mm -hmm. uh, I've had a few preliminary uh, discussions with those folks. So hopefully uh, coming up later in the summer, we'll have that on the agenda for you. So stay tuned for that. And now... <laughs> there we go. There's our boys in the red, white, and blue. Oh, and I tell you, when we were here a couple weeks ago, it was just doom and gloom from yes. everybody in U.S. soccer Twitter. And gosh, why are we taking our B team? Because we don't Stop understand it. how the international calendar works. And here we are three games later. Yeah, it was a little bit of an interesting thing against Jamaica, but I think also look at who's qualifying exactly. here. Look Jamaica's who's doing well. Jamaica brought basically a Premier League squad, uh, or at a, at a minimum, some Premier League guys with championships, yep. uh, champion, uh, championship experience. So, uh, you know, that team is no slouch. We're putting together some, you know, some some veterans, some young guys, uh, trying to get this some minutes, some, some Cade Cowles out there and a few other players. So it's not going to look the same. This isn't our, you know, first squad, but I tell you, we've got to play these games yes and they bounced back yes it was st kitts and nevis and a, uh, a very underwhelming trinidad tobago side but all you can do is beat the team in thank, front of you thank you so i'm going to even take it a step further this criticism of jesus ferreira and oh i got two hat ticks and hat tricks in a row but they were against st kitts and nevis and they were so, against trinidad well you know what look at lana donovan's hat tricks pretty sure one of those was against Cuba. Uh, I, I don't think Clint Dempsey was hanging three or four goals on right, Germany. Right. Let's face it, at the end of the day, you beat up on certain teams in, in your uh, your area. I would imagine uh, you know, Wayne Rooney and Harry Kane have a handful of uh, hat tricks uh, against the likes of Luxembourg. San Marino and Luxembourg. So, you know, I think you got to take all this, uh, you know, with the grain of salt that's there. But we're winning. We've got a matchup against Canada. I have not been terribly impressed with what I've seen out of Canada. I think all of their games have been within a goal or so. They don't look terribly uh, well organized. And, of course, they're struggling with the, mo the money issue right mm. now. Evan, what do you got to say to all these haters out here? I just, you know, first of all, what kills me about this is that, and, yeah, I'm going to pick on Man City fans. Man City can, you know, drop, you know, 4-0 on Nottingham Forest, and they're like, oh, man, let's give them the championship, which, okay, different level play. I get it. Right. But the teams you are supposed to beat, you should beat. Yes. Like this. Yes. When, you know, four, eight years ago, we're looking and, we're, you know, we're not seeing this type of domination mm -hmm. from the U.S. We're just not. Correct. And so I think that now that we've gotten here, we just, there is this air of just, I, I'm, I don't even know what to call it, like arrogance that, that American fans have that's like, well, why can't you do this against Mexico? Why can't you do this against Canada? Well, because you you said it. You play the team that is in front of you. Mm -hmm. what, you know, why does Hanover beat Cincinnati Bible College 8-0? Well, because they... Well, but you also have to take team. into the, the, fil the familiarity that exists, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, you, you, you see... Uh, you know, Manchester City and Liverpool get drawn against each other in cup competitions, things like that, play each other maybe four or five times over the course of the season, you start to learn each other a little bit. Right. You start to figure out tendencies and, and styles of play. And uh, as, as players, you recognize what needs to do. As a manager, you take up different tactics. Look, it's the United States, Mexico, and Canada, and Everyone, Everyone else, else in CONCACAF yes. right now. Even, yes. even with Jamaica playing well. And, and, hey, maybe they go on to win this particular tournament. Yeah. But we all know that they were not going to beat 
our Nations League team. Yes. Okay. So the goal here is to get to to find out which of these guys can play at this level, who can handle the pressure, who can play in the cauldron of Concacaf. Because mm -hmm. quite frankly, it's an ugly, ugly, it, it's, it's a grind uh, bit of, of of grind. And you find out which of these guys are ready to go. And and Jesus Ferreira get has gotten his opportunities, and he's walked out on that field, and he's put the ball in the back of the net. Yeah. And if it were that easy, everybody would do it. So yes. I, I'm kind of annoyed. I, and I, I'm not crowning us world champions by any no. stretch of the imagination. No. I'm just lo logically recognizing what has to happen in order to build a squad in order to go to a World Cup and have a chance. Here's also what we need to be excited about. Is that, yes, you've got the Jesus Ferreras, but you've got the younger guys, too, playing mm -hmm. so well around him. I think so. That it's absolutely amazing. You had three guys three guys just in this last game to score their first goal yep. first you know international goal and it's like damn man why are we celebrating this mm -hmm. and i just i think what i want to say to the haters is this just stfu just stop it just just stop because i think any good football nation would look at their team and if belgium came in and played whoever mm -hmm. Luxembourg, let's just use them again, and beat them 6-0, it would be a, a short little blurb on the sports, but mm -hmm. they would break it down. They'd be like, okay, so-and-so played well. They did this, mm -hmm. did this. It wouldn't be like, oh, well, you know, why can't we do this? So let's follow suit. Let's stop trying to be so arrogant and pompous about this mm -hmm. and realize that on any given day, if you're playing well, you can beat any given squad anywhere. I mean, it's just it just is what it is. And so well, we and got the best of these two squads and really, really played it's well. It's really one of those no-win situations, too, because if the B squad slash C squad goes out and, and gets beat, they say, see, I told you so, they're a B squad, and what are we doing with them? They're not good enough. But if they go out and win, then you say, well, they're beating up on other teams that also brought their B, B team. So you know what? At the end of the day, all of these guys have, have got to pull on that jersey, yep. play with pride, and uh, you want to see improvement. Look, I, I thought Cade Cowell had a really, really nice, uh, what, U20, yeah. U21 tournament yeah. a month ago. He has struggled to find the pace of these games. That said, he scored. He had, he had an assist for an assist the other night. Um, and uh, I thought played his way into it a little bit more. And that's what you want. Is you, you want to see improvement. I don't expect the, the yeah. finished product just yet. Right. That's why he's on the B squad. Yeah. So I, I just I, I, I think there's a lot of people who fail to put these things uh, in their appropriate um, sort of compartment. You know, you, you watch. We're going to watch Chelsea and Manchester United play these preseason friendlies around the world. And the, the main goal is to get minutes on the legs so these guys get into game shape. And then you want to be able to, you're going to see mass substitutions. You're going to see all sorts of different, you know, combinations of players. And these are the games you have to do that in. These, it's the same in international play. We don't call them friendlies anymore. We've created these made-up competitions. And, yes, the Gold Cup used to matter a whole lot more. Right. doesn't matter as much. This year, the Nations League mattered more. And that's where we prioritized. And I'd like to remind you, we won the damn thing. So if we go out and we win the Gold Cup again, like we did a few years ago with what was supposedly a bunch of B guys, then at least have the guts to say, you know what, these guys did what was asked of them, and they've moved us forward a little bit. You know only a handful of them are going to make that final roster, but this is the time where they get that experience, and maybe this is where a, a, a Cade Cal or somebody does get enough experience, yeah. shows that he's got the gravitas to play out there, and is ready to go when called upon in the 76th minute against Netherlands next time. Yeah. Um, just a side note, our favorite Canadian, Joey Votto, just hit a home run. <laughs> Dude, it was great. It was a great home run. And which, by the way, um, thanks, Dave, from Chatham Tap Fishers for throwing the Reds on the uh, screen for us. Appreciate you. So I think that's good for the men's national team. Uh, as you can see on the crawl, the U.S. takes on Canada in the quarterfinals on Sunday night. Uh, Predictions for that? 
I'm, I'm going to go like 3-1 United States. I, I don't think we're going to be able to keep them out, but I don't think they've got enough to really cause us big problems. Yeah. Uh, they might even score first and, bring, and of course, you know, bring us out of the shell. But I, I think in general right now what I'm seeing is um, we've just got more than other teams. Mm. It's not perfect. There's, you know, there's been some sloppy play. We probably should have coughed up a few more goals here and there. Um, but, again, this is the learning process. As long as you get better throughout the course of the tournament, you're doing what you're supposed to do, ramp right. it up. Come final game, you know, maybe we're playing against Mexico. Maybe we're playing against Jamaica. Who knows? Uh, uh, but you just pull on that jersey and you go out and beat the team in front of you. That's it. That's so. it. So let's transition to the other. Yeah, so we'll go with that for a second. But as far as I'm concerned, here's their real song. They are champions. Because they are the current they are, they are. of the World Cup trophy. Yes. And uh, they go into this cycle. Uh, with the opportunity to do something that's never been done before in men's and women's uh, uh, soccer, and that is to win a third consecutive World Cup. Uh, they, they're holding the last two. Um, it's going to be very interesting, as I pointed out uh, in, in our little write-up today, uh, 14 new players uh, on the World Cup roster as far as getting actual World Cup experience. Uh, but even more impressive, uh, Alex Morgan, Megan Rapinoe, yeah. oh. Julie Ertz, and um, Kelly O'Hara set to go, uh, you know, double digits here in, in, in appearances straight across the board, maybe double digits in goals for a couple of them. Um, and, you know, an opportunity to really etch their name in stone amongst the all-time greats of yeah. this game. Yeah. Um, I, I, I need to dive in a little bit more because I'll be honest, I don't recognize a lot of these new names. I haven't followed the qualifying as much simply because we obviously were, you know, riding a good wave. I have no, noticed that we're, we've been playing well, getting the results that are needed. So we're going to do a little deep dive uh, as we can, get a little more info. So our, final, our show here in a couple weeks mm -hmm. uh, before the World Cup kicks off. Uh, we can be a little bit more educated about it. We obviously are familiar with the big names, uh, you know, your 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 uh, Alex Morgan, Mal Swanson, Meg Rapino, Julie Ertz, Rose Lavelle. Yep. Uh, I mean, I tr I'm really excited to see Trinity Rodman yes. get out there. Yes. Um, I, I'm, you know, I, 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 I think she made it. I, I'm not sure this is our full roster right now. Um, but bye-bye. Uh, but I, I'm excited to watch this team play, and I'm excited because there yeah. is a good mix of, of youth uh, and experience out there. Um, so uh, we'll see how this goes, but I'll definitely be uh, rooting for these ladies to, to uh, do something that's never been done before. It'll be exciting. Uh, the first match is July 21st against Vietnam. Not sure what time that is. It's probably at like 4 in the morning or something ungodly. Uh, but uh, we will try to have a watch party for any of the games oh, that are... Uh, 9 p.m. Oh, it's a 9 p.m. Oh. game. Well, excellent. Well, maybe we'll have a little well, hey. kickoff watch party for that. I believe that is a uh, maybe a Wednesday or a Thursday. I'm not quite sure. That is my brother's birthday. So, so, so we will sort that out. Jason? Actually, you know, we can just... We do have modern technology. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You know, I'm excited about this team. I really am. I think that it is the the transition team. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. you, you, you have your you have your old heads. You got you know you got your people been there, done that. You got people who are solid about it. But you also have the influx of players coming in who have proven themselves. Um, the that's oh. a Friday night, nine o'clock. Friday, Friday, Friday night at nine o'clock. Oh my goodness! I think, I think this we may place have to have a is watch going party, to folks. be hopping. Yes. Wow. Yeah. yeah, we better tell Dave about that. I'm gonna have to uh, get my Alex Morgan jersey. There you go. But I, I think the interesting thing about this is, is that as you look at this squad, the the squad is absolutely incredible. I mean. If you look at the the level of talent, you, you know, like I said, you've got the older players, but then you have someone who I forget her name, but the the, the rookie that has been playing so well, um, the youngest one that has been ever been selected to the U.S. Women's National Team, mm -hmm. um, she's there, and I think the level of play that she brings with that is, oh, you're fine. Uh, level of play that she brings is absolutely cool. So, yeah. So we've got. A listener is probably going to start and go, I would imagine. Looking forward to seeing Crystal Dunn back out there again. Uh, just going through Sophie Huerta, 
uh, huge Kelly O. Emily Sonnet. I'm telling you, Emily Sonnet's Sonnet. my spirit yeah, animal. There you go. Love there her. you go. Um, I just love me some Rose Lavelle, man. Yeah. I, I, I love. So she's I, gritty. Lindsay Rand, uh, Christy Mewis. Uh, I believe this is the first time we've got the sisters playing. Is Sam uh, playing as well? I'm not sure. I don't know. Um, but yeah, really excited to watch these ladies play, yeah. and uh, yeah. they play at such a high level. And, and uh, it goes without saying, we they deserve our respect. Oh my goodness! Uh, probably even more so than the men because they actually bring it uh, when they need to. And, and oh. I guess I just took a dig. Ooh. I just took a dig. Hey, hey, uh, hey. So uh, we're, none of us are immune to encouraging, it, encouraging. Yes. Uh, so uh, we'll definitely be cheering <laughs> these ladies on. You know, it's it's nice to get the men and the women playing in competitions uh, in the same months. So that's pretty cool. And uh, excited for for some success. So there you go. Um, maybe look into the French and the English side. I know the English women have been plagued by injuries coming into the World Cup. I want to say at least four of their starting eleven have gotten uh, oh. some some bad injuries. We're sure knee, knees and things like that that are gonna not just keep them out, keep them out of club game for a while. So. Yeah. Well, can we also talk about like you know Australia? I mean, you know, anytime you got Sam Kerr behind the ball for you, their their I first mean, match of the tournament has sold out, which uh, that's great news. It's a I have it's a feeling a, we're every keep match, that. home yeah, match, so. man. I mean, it's just a home match, yeah. so they are one to look at as well. I think that the with the injuries that's going on with England right now was Millie Bright the last one? I think I, maybe I think she so. was the last one to kind of be counted yeah. out, which that's a huge blow. For, for Chelsea, for the Chelsea women. Yeah, yeah um, it is. Plus, we don't, I mean, we don't want to see R Rose Lavelle snatch her soul <laughs> the way she did uh, in the last World Cup when she, <laughs> when she, when she immediately attacked her yeah. and megged her on the end yes, line. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I was like, oh. Yeah, well. I it, love it, me some Millie Bright, hey, man. It happens to the best of it us. It does. So, sometimes you're the megger and sometimes, sometimes you're you the meg-y. So, yes, yes. Uh, it happens, man. But I think that. The U.S. are primed right now to to come in and kind of be, and I hate even calling us this, but to be that really strong dark horse, to be like, mm. okay, you know what? Yes, people are voting against us. People are not, you know, recognizing because once again, Sam Kerr, Australia, of course, you're going to throw sure. them in the mix. The you know the the, the well, lionesses. You're, you and we're all rooting for Marta, a sixth oh world cup. That, that's amazing. She's probably well, she's not going to play a ton, but she's I mean, the goat, dude. She, she's absolutely amazing she's the goat. To, to watch out there. There's going to be a lot of big names. I, I really need to start studying the rosters and see who's going to make it because there were some big players coming through for Netherlands last time around. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if I remember um, during the Euro. So, and I think that's going to prompt us to get. Uh, our good friend of the pod, Ayo, uh, to get back out here and give us a little bit of a primer yes. on all these different teams uh, and who we need to be watching out for during the World Cup. So, absolutely, uh, I, I, you know, I, women's sports have really, really taken the world by storm over the last few years, and I'm excited. Thank goodness. I'm excited for this Women's World Cup in a way that I, I, I can say I really rarely have been before, yeah. and it's mainly just been a, a little bit of a blind spot from the standpoint of I follow a lot, a lot, a lot of soccer, and I, I'm a, I follow the U.S. women when yeah. they're playing in a match uh, that seems important. Um, but I've watched more and more of the friendlies and things, and I'm really excited. And I tell you what. Um, underestimate the youngsters at your peril because <laughs> they have been brought up That's in a right. system that says we're world champions and we oh, accept yeah. nothing less. Well, this is what I was going to say about even even the local stuff that we're preparing to do. I I want to expose, you know, especially with the um, possibility of talking mm -hmm. a little more about the Indy 11 women's squad. I want to expose as many, you know, young people out there to women's soccer mm -hmm. and to be able to inspire them because when they see them doing it then they know they can yeah. i remember first time i saw you know tim howard yeah i was like oh my god yes yes this is yeah. this is what i want to do and it inspired me as a black man mm -hmm. to see a black man in goal yeah and so i was like man this is this is just so cool yeah. um so representation that's why, matters exactly and that's why i'm so excited about the the possibilities that we have going yeah. on with the show but this is just another one of those things where you know, American 
young women get to see American women taking it to the world, man. Yeah. Yeah, and I, absolutely. I, that's, that's absolutely awesome. And, and, and I had posted it in the blurb for the last show, but if you haven't seen the uh, commercial about how the rest of the world intends to take down the U.S. women's national team, <laughs> I, I highly recommend it. It's clever and, and funny, and uh, 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 all the requisite stars are out in this one. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's great. Uh, I, I think I think we're. It is that time, my friend. Yeah. And actually, I did not pay him a penny to lead us into the Hey Aaron segment because we need this to hey is Aaron perfect. Music. Uh, we do. <laughs> that's no, dude. No, 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 no. no. Let's do. No, <laughs> let's do this one. No, that one. That one. Scary, scary. There you go. The Hey Aaron segment right there, ladies and gentlemen. Um. I want that is it. <laughs> oh, he's getting trigger happy. Um, oh, I kind of like that. Let's try it again. Let's try it again. Wait, wait, wait. wait. No, 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 no. Wait. Ladies and gentlemen, we have now entered into the Hey Aaron segment of the show. Gotta love a good I preset like that. digifile. That is 1980s. That's like mullet and T-top Trans Am right there, my friend. That's exactly what that is. That, that did it. Yes. <laughs> we're gonna have to we're gonna get have to get some more stock YouTube noises <laughs> to play on our show. Oh man. Okay. So I have a simple question for you because once again, this is all relevant to the question I had for you. How robbed do you feel as an American male not being exposed earlier on to women's sports? Um, because of the impact that they're making now. Now, I get it that there's context there, but they've always been around. You know, um, that's, a, that's an interesting and great question from the standpoint of I can distinctly recall when I was a kid growing up um, on I, – I, I had a, uh, a girl – playing on our travel soccer team for the first few years that we played. Mm -hmm. And because, you know, girls develop a little younger, uh, the athleticism, there, there was no disparity at, at that age, right? 12 to 14, she held her own. Um, and, and again, this is my, my youth. This is, you know, mid-80s, late-80s uh, uh, soccer. So take that with a grain of salt. But at the end of the day, um, I think I got exposed early on to the fact that, you know, girls can play um, you know my mom had been a, an athlete for what they were allowed to do uh, during her time period growing up so you know and um, I, I played other sports and there was a lot of camaraderie between the the like uh, boys basketball teams and the girls basketball teams and you know we'd we'd arrive at games at the same time for tournaments and, and things of that nature and you just became friends yeah yeah you, you had a certain amount of, of, of uh, mutual respect for one another and you know the, the men's sports, um, you know, much like in every other realm of society, sort of get the focal point. But what I've found really impressive over the last few years, and, and, and in a strange way, I think COVID exposed us, exposed us to this because we're like, ah, oh, we're stuck at home. What is there? Well, there's there's going to be WNBA, who's the first to be in the bubble, and the, the um, uh, WSL, who's going to be the first uh, sporting league uh, to start back up in the middle of all this. And you watched it, and you went, hey, they're pretty good. Yeah. And you watched the U.S. women's national team play, and you go, hey, they're, they're pretty good. They understand what playing at the highest level means. And if your immediate response to that question is, well, yeah, but LeBron would kick her ass, I feel like you're willfully Dude, missing the point. On, man. I feel yeah. like you're willfully missing the point because we support all sorts of things. We support all levels of sports and you never think twice about it. If you're an Indy 11 fan, you're an Indy 11 fan because they're your local team. You don't sit there going, well, but yeah, they're a USL team and it's not quite the MLS. And if you do, you need a life. Yeah, you, you, you need to be worried about far more important personal things than that because that's a silly line to be drawn in the sand and, and I'm sorry. You can dislike it. Feel free to not like it if you want. There's no reason to trash it. That's your women's national team out there That's right. on the field for you. Yep. And the, the minimum you can do is shut the fuck up if you can't support them. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, the applause 
So I feel happy to have been exposed to it early on, and I am I am happy that we're finally giving them the recognition they deserve. I'm yeah. happy that the money yeah. is finally yeah, yeah. getting there, and we've said it all along. Show up, you get a good product, the money will come, and it's taken far too long, but it's beginning to happen now, and it 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 it's like anything else. Do you, do you go watch your local theater? Do you, uh, do you, that's do you, a good point. Do you follow local bands? Well, then go follow your local Indy 11 team. Yes, yes. And Huzzah. ladies and gentlemen, with that, man, we are going to we're going to make. I think we're going to make Instagram. The gram we're going to make the gram. Oh my goodness. Yep. With that, ladies I'll and gentlemen, I'll try to have it posted by this time tomorrow. <laughs> we have come to the end of our show, um, and we've come to the Aaron's last and final thoughts of the show. Um, I don't know where you're going to take us, brother, but, hey, I'm excited about uh, where it's going. Uh, let me just say this. Guys, listen, um, Sunday at 8, mm -hmm. we will be Four here. Joe. U.S. Men's National Team will be taking on um, Canada, and we will be here. The and, uh, Canucks. The can <laughs> Those dirty, dastardly Canucks. Well, they could be the Jets, too. Snidely I mean, whiplash. They could be the Jets, Maple Leaves. I'm just saying. I mean, whatever, whatever. But anyway, we'll be here. Um, guys, feel free to come out and join us. Yes. Thank you so much for watching us. But now I'm going to hand it over to my guy, Aaron, for his final thoughts. Aaron, what's on your mind, brother? You know, i tell you what's on my mind, Evan, is we just celebrated the 4th of July. And I love this country. But to paraphrase James Baldwin, I love this country so much that I reserve the, the right to criticize it at all times. Because if you love something, you want it to be even better. You, you want to recognize the flaws it has and say, can we address that? Can we do better? Because we had, over the course of this weekend, at least five, and I'm thinking seven, mass shootings, wherein people showed up armed to the teeth at a block party at backyard gatherings in D.C., Philadelphia, Baltimore, Louisiana, Texas, all across the country. It wasn't red state. It wasn't blue state. It's ugly state. Yeah. It's ugly America. And we have got to insist on better. And I sound like a broken record because, honestly, we've been here so many times. But at some point... Every last one of us is going to experience this tragic event. And you're going to find yourself at an amusement park, at a festival, at a concert, and some dick bag with no dick is going to walk in with an AR-15 and massacre people. And pretending we can't actually do something about it is the most un-American thing I've ever heard yes. of in my entire life. We can do anything. We're the 3M of the world. Show it to us, we'll make it better. I don't understand why we can't improve on this. I don't understand why we just shrug our shoulders and say, you know what? The cost of the Second Amendment, I guess, is, I don't know, 400 people randomly, senselessly killed every year, never mind the thousands upon thousands more who die in other acts of gun violence. So it is not un-American to say the U.S. has a problem. The U.S. is amazing. The U.S. could improve. The U.S. has things the rest of the world wants. The U.S. has a lot of things the world doesn't want any part of. And if we can't have that conversation, doesn't even matter what your political stance is. Doesn't matter if you're red state, blue state, independent, sovereign citizen. None of it matters if we will not address what is becoming an existential crisis in this country. And there is no better time to think about it than when we're asking, why did people before us fight for this country? And if we can't collectively stand up for this, then subsequent Fourths of July won't matter a whole lot down the road. We will be judged by history as having failed to do the most basic steps toward preserving this democracy. I love this country, and I'm going to be supporting this country wearing the red, white, and blue jersey on Sunday night against Canada. I love you. Thank you for tuning in. Evan?
ladies and gentlemen. I I hate doing this because like you always drop the mic and I feel like <laughs> Hey guys, thank you for tuning in. No, seriously, thank you for tuning in. This is my friend Aaron. I'm Evan. Thank you for joining us at the Red and the Blue Soccer Chat, brought to you by the Evan and Aaron Show. We will see you on Sunday Boom. at 8 p.m. <laughs>